0: Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Thorne, and we welcome you to these Sports Rivals. It is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? And as always, our purpose here is to preserve the memories of classic sports rivalries. We do it through the words of those who participated in those rivalries. And these are rivalries that are described from the inside out. Two great guests today we are going to talk about their times in the National Hockey League in kind of a different situation when we talk about rivalries, and we'll explain that in just a minute. Tony <laughs> Granato played from 1988 to 2001. Tony played with the Rangers, the Kings, and the San Jose Sharks. In his uh, rookie season with the New York Rangers, 1989, Tony had a tremendous goal-scoring year. He still holds the Ranger record for goals scored by a rookie at 36. He went on uh, from playing to coaching. He was an assistant coach in the National Hockey League with Pittsburgh and Detroit. He was both an assistant coach and head coach with the Colorado team. And after that, headed back to his alma mater, where he is now in his fifth year of head coaching at the great program at Wisconsin. Luke Robitaille. Luke played in the National Hockey League 1986 to 2006 with the Kings, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and the Detroit Red Wings. He won a cup as a player with Detroit in 2002, but he is most noted for the 14 seasons that Luke Robitaille spent with the Los Angeles Kings. Luke was named to the 100 greatest players in NHL history. He retired as the highest scoring left wing in Kings history, and the Kings retired his number that record for left-wing scoring covered all of the National Hockey League at the time of his retirement. He stayed with the Los Angeles Kings. He has been in the front office, where Luke Robitaille is now the president of the Kings, and at his time there in the Kings front office, they have won two Stanley Cups. Luke Robitaille was inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2009. So Tony Granado and Luke Robitaille are our guests here today. We are delighted to have them with us, <clears throat> talking to them just a moment ago, we were noting how this rivalry is a, is a little bit different. They played together for five seasons, part of five seasons, and that was with the Los Angeles Kings. They were rivals, however, for nine years, including four seasons where Tony played for the San Jose Sharks and Luke played for the Kings that brought them really close together on the West Coast. The two of them have been friends for a long time, and I am always delighted to note this. This is a positive, not a negative. These two guys showed you beware of the numbers when it comes to where you are drafted and what you think you're going to get, because both of them were down in the draft. Luke Robitaille was drafted 171st and went on to have the great years that he did. Tony was drafted 120th. And went on to the great seasons that he had in the National Hockey League. And I always believe when you see those kinds of numbers, it tells you something about the individuals that we're going to be listening to today. Tony Granato, Luke Robitaille, we welcome you to these sports rivals. Tony, I'm going to let you kick it off. We'll start with talking about when, when each of you first became aware of the other as a hockey player. Do you remember a first time either just hearing the name or when you met, how it started? Absolutely. Cause uh, the
1: first time I got a chance to play against Luke was in 1987, the training camp for uh, LA was right after his, his big rookie year. So you mentioned that I had a few goals, my rookie year, but Luke blew me away. So you didn't mention that he had 45 and was the the, uh, rookie of the year. (laughs) So anyhow, uh, we got to play. I was with the 88 Olympic team and we got to play 10 exhibition games against NHL teams. And for us as college kids, you know, Hey, we're going, we get to play against 10 NHL teams. We thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I remember we played the game in San Diego and we were flying in to play LA and we're thinking, Oh my gosh, this is a chance to play against Luke Robotai. And they had Jimmy Carson was there then. And, you know, obviously Dave Taylor and Jimmy Fox and all the, the other big names there, but, but Luke had just had that year. And and the most amazing thing that I think I remember was the fact that what you just said, Luke was drafted. I actually look he Gary, Gary taught me something. new. No, I thought you were drafted like 200 and something. So hundred what'd you say? 72nd.
2: There's not <laughs> as many teams then.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get it. But, but I had the chance to play against Luke. Then that's when I I knew who Luke was as far as, you know, having a chance to play against them. Obviously the year before I watched a ton of them and saw this rookie come into the league, uh, and I, and I will say as an unknown because of where he was drafted, not because of how good of a player he was going to be. It was just the, the, the lack of getting a lot of publicity uh, for being a late pick and to be able to come into the league and, and have such a tremendous season. Uh, you know everybody that was in the game of hockey wanted to see and learn from him. and and uh, and I remember that game very well. And so I, that was my first opportunity uh, to play against him. And uh, I I don't remember who won. I, I'm sure Luke probably had three tip-in goals or something to beat. But I but, think we
2: won uh, four two.
1: Did you, that boy? you remember? I remember. That.
2: I got one like and that. one, and I was minus two.
1: That boy. Uh, and So that was our first, you know, uh, chance to, to get a, you know opportunity to play against him. And then from then on, when you join the league and you get a chance uh, to play against him as a professional, uh, the respect was always there. Luke was one of those players when you played against, um, you knew he played hard. You knew he was going to be a factor in the game, but you play, he played the game so uh, uh, classy and, and re- represented our game in such a special way. So, so when, when I got traded to L.A. Uh, a few years later, uh, one of the great thrills of going to play with Wayne Gretzky was the fact that you know, hey, you're going to play with the greatest player. But look at the, you know, look at the opportunity we had to play with Luke, and there were other players as well that made it that much more of a, of an exciting uh, opportunity for me. And and uh, I was ever so grateful to be his teammate for those five years. Uh, I watched him score a lot of goals. I sat on the and I sat on the bench. This is what I always give Luke a hard time. I sat on the bench a lot as a left winger that followed him on lots of lines waiting for him to come for that change, which a lot of times he never did till he scored. So my, my shifts got short uh, as, as the year went along and we needed goals. Uh, he was, he was out there to find a way. And, and I, I give him, I'm about it, but I also respect the heck out of it because, if he was out there, uh, and we needed a goal, I wanted him to be out there and scoring that goal for our team. And that's the that's the kind of teammate he was to me, and hopefully that's the kind of teammate it was for him.
2: It, that that's actually it funny about, about the ship because I did learn later because you, you're right. You you always I always thought okay like. You know, I got to go help the team. By the way, it was great to follow Tony because Tony worked so hard every (laughs) single shift. He worked like it was his last shift in his life that he worked so hard. And and literally his shift, he was he was the most disciplined player I've ever played with. There were 30 seconds between 30 and 40 every single time. So I actually love following him. Because I knew he was going to come fast, because he worked so hard. <laughs> it was the best thing. I did feel bad sometimes when I, when I was behind him, when I was ahead of him. Because I'm like, oh, this poor guy works so hard. I should, I, I, I gotta come off the ice. So he gave me enough of a hard time that many times he forget I had to come off early because of that. But, but, but you're right, Tony. Like it, it's kind of funny as a player. Like you know, like I understood the way the team was and and everything we did. Even though, like I knew, you know, you, we all put pressure. Everybody loves to score, but to win, you know, like I think I learned that. Like later, you you have to 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 be more of a team. Get off the ice early, you know, and do everything right. But when when I was really young, then I was like, I gotta get out there to get that goal. I'm gonna help the team, but it didn't work every time that way. <laughs> I do I do remember though the first time. I noticed you. I don't think it was the first game I've ever played against you in the NHL, but it was in New York, I guess. Uh, and, and you were having a really good year.
1: Going I know which one you're going with.
2: And 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 Tony was having like a, a great year as a rookie. He had a ton of goals, and he was actually on our pregame speech. You know, be careful, this little pest is going to come after you. Don't let him bother you, and so forth. And he started and I can't remember if it was I think it was actually in the first period if I'm not mistaken he went right after Marty McSorley and I can't remember you probably remember exactly what you did but yes. this the first I've seen Marty lose his cool but that time Marty won in the penalty box and I've never seen Marty McSorley that mad that he wanted to absolutely kill a player and it was Tony Granato <laughs> do you remember exactly what you did then I think we yeah. talked about that a few years well, ago. One,
1: one of the things that I, I remember as a, as a smaller player that, that I kind of took on, one of, an older player told me this, hey, don't take any crap when you're out there. If they give you one, you give them two. Yeah. Right. and,
2: and, and actually
1: that, was, that was Stan Makita's mentality. You know, Maybe
2: three sometimes. But
1: sometimes three. Do. If I needed to do three, I did three. But anyhow, I remember he was chirping me. We were going down the ice, and he gave me a quick spear, so I speared him back he didn't like it, so he gave me a slash, and then I really got him good. And then, then he cross-checks me. He gets a double minor, and I don't get a penalty.
2: And then and you he, went by the penalty box.
1: I don't know if I did or not. Yeah, he kind of wore had a
2: little smirk. I do recall that.
1: Okay. He stands up on the, on the bench in the penalty box and goes above the glass and starts shaking not only the glass but the entire building. Yeah. <laughs> and and, uh, and he gets thrown out of the game. And the, the part I remember most about this whole thing, okay, we went on, I don't remember who won or lost the game, but, but about not too long after that, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it was the next year, Luke, we get traded, or you get traded to LA, and the first thing my wife says is, oh my gosh, is that big guy still on their team? And I used to say, you're talking about Marty Mussolini? I said, yeah. And I said, it's going to be great. He, she goes, he, he's going to kill you when you get there. <laughs> That's the first thing she thought of when I got traded to LA was that that big guy was going to find a way to kill me. So, so I, I do remember that, but, the, but, but Luke, what I wanted, I just, when you brought up about being part of a team and, and uh, you know, you do whatever you have to, to win. I look back on our team that we lost to in Montreal in the finals. And, and for me, that was the greatest hockey run I ever had because that was part of something that I thought everybody else was, All in in the same way that I was, and you were, and Sandstrom was, and Gretzky was, and Dave Taylor was, and Kelly Rudy was, and Huddy. It was one of those groups of guys where, man, if we could play Montreal again tonight, I'd get on a plane right now and find a way to be ready to to go, you know, to go at them again because that that group of players there was was really special. And and uh, you know, you scored a lot of goals over the years and, and they were all great goals cause they were all big goals for our team. I don't remember the goals that I scored or, or the goals that you scored, but I remember the teammates that we were able uh, fortunate enough to have as, as competitors and warriors and guys that you want to be around because they're like you. And that's what I thought that team uh, did the most for me, which gave me that pride of, of being one of you guys. And, and that's what, uh, what I remember most about my playing days was, was, was that team.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was such a special team, man. I mean, like, it, 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 It's interesting because we learned to play like we were, I mean, people forget that they had told Wayne, we, they had told us that Wayne might never play again, which was truly amazing. And we had to, like we were suddenly we went from being like a, a pretty good team that people, because when you have Wayne Gretzky, you're always really good and to suddenly everybody counted us out and we kind of had to really play as a team to stay alive and then by the time Wayne came back and I think it took him maybe a week or two to really get going but by the time he got going we suddenly you had the best player in the world with a team that's just like we were suddenly like his soldiers and it was such a you're right it was such a fun team to be part of where we all understood and all had a role and and you know we got close. We lost three games in overtime in in the finals. That's you know you, you never know what can happen in overtime. And but it, it it certainly was a special team because of of how far we had to come to get there. And I
1: remember that Luke, we were in we were in Arrowhead or Lake Tahoe. Where were we? Lake Tahoe, when yeah. they?
2: No, Lake Arrowhead in uh, Lake California. Arrowhead. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. So so Bruce calls. I I know you me. I don't know. It must've been Dave Taylor, maybe Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Yari, maybe a couple guys, Yari, I
2: think Yari and Kelly Rudy, I think. And, and he calls
1: us into one of those outdoor, uh, portable, uh, I don't know, like a camper, right. That's something like that. And, yeah. and, and he, and he tells us the news. He, he finds out in the morning that Wayne did an x-ray on his back and, and, uh, you know, this is serious guys. He, he he's, he's out for a while. He might not ever be able to play again. And I remember hearing that and we all looked at each other and we were all like, Oh my gosh, you know, we're not sure Wayne's ever going to play again. And it wasn't so much about what it was going to do to our team. It was about the fact that Wayne's career might be over. And that was the greatest. I mean, it was, it was an unbelievable uh, set of emotion that goes through you to think about how it's going to affect, you know, not only yourself, but, but really the game of hockey. Mm -hmm. And I never forget us walking out of there. Saying, you know what, guys, we're going to have to suck this up and figure out how to do everything we can and 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 inspire Wayne, you know, to 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 represent our team and play the right way to figure out how to be in a good position. So if he does come back, he's coming into a place that he wants to be part of, and I think that for us was was the motivation that we needed. And you're right, we went on a heck of a run, and uh, that was uh, you know that was Coach Melrose. I thought did an outstanding job of just you know having us play with a lot of emotion and energy and we probably did overachieve a little bit on what we did to i think i don't know we were in first place most of that time
2: yeah you know we it, it was But You're right, I do recall that day. Like, the funny thing about it is, I don't know if you remember that, but Wayne had worked out a lot with Janet that summer. And I remember he comes in and he's doing more push up he's ever done, more sit up He's like, That's it, this is the year, guys. This is, and he's kind of doing it. I think it was like the next day, he's leaving on a helicopter. What the heck happened? And I remember when he came back a few months ago, he goes, That's the last time I'm working out this (laughs) hard. And that injury, though that that injury was from the year
1: before, because you remember yeah. the, towards the end of that previous season, uh, he was having some issues yeah. of, of yeah. pain around his ribs and lower back and everything else, and and he got through the summer, you know, and and without getting the contact and, and of hockey, he was able to get around pretty good. And then all of a sudden, the, the pain started coming back, and the, and uh, I mean that was a. Uh, um you know one of those moments where you're like, Oh my tough. gosh,
2: so he tough for hockey yeah. but
1: he but he did work hard to get back to, and when he came back in january and and it you know he capped it off with that game seven performance in toronto when gosh. when uh to advance us to the finals, but, but he was on a mission to, to win a Stanley cup in LA and, and he left it on the ice for us. And, you know, like you said, you know, he the three overtime games in a row and you look back on those games and sometimes you play games and you wonder how the heck did we lose? I yeah. think we played three games in a row where geez, we felt like we played well enough, probably deserved to win. And we just didn't win. And, yeah. But you guys came back with the team you created and built and won two Stanley Cups how many years later, 20 years later?
2: Yeah, it takes – I remember when we lost, and uh, I think I look at Rob Blake next to me in the locker room. We were talking, and I said, we'll be right back next year. Didn't turn out that (laughs) way. Then you realize how hard it is to win a championship. (laughs) Years later, you're like, oh, damn, this is a lot harder than I thought.
0: (laughs) Guys, you've talked about how clearly the – playing together as teammates, a great part of what you both went through. How was it towards the end when you're, now you're in the, you're really close together. You're both on the West coast, San Jose for Tony Granado and the Kings for you, Luke. I mean, what was it like after all that you went through as teammates now to find yourself on opposite benches again?
2: Well, I, I think for, for, for us, like uh, we knew like uh, San Jose was an up and coming team. They had like a good team and, they had, like, when Tony, you were there, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it, they had, like, a lot of players with character on that team. And and Dean was the GM, correct, Tony? Correct, yep. So Dean yep. had got, gotten a lot of guys in it. it was like a bay – like, a, when you knew, like, every game you played there, it was going to be hard, you know? It was – a, and, then, you know, we were a rivalry, so it, the, the games were fun. But, you know, then then the leader of making the game hard was Tony. And, and, you know, it, it, it was one of those things where you had a battle. I, I actually, I do recall one one incident where uh, Matty Nordstrom went to the net. Uh, <laughs> Tony not, turned around in front of his and net. cross-checked him right on the nose oh. and bro- broke his nose. Uh. And, and Most of us that knew Tony were all laughing, <laughs> but it wasn't really funny. No, uh, well, that one <laughs> wasn't
1: funny. <laughs> I got my stick up. Most of the times I got my stick up was was on the the habit of being small and protecting yourself. And All the lots time. of times, no, lots of times, yeah, I did. I caught a <laughs> lot of guys unintentionally, but somewhat intentionally from the standpoint that I was I was I don't know I don't really know what the right word is, but but I do remember that because you guys called me after the game, and I said, please tell Maddie I'm sorry. But there was one other game too. You remember the Chris Dish incident
2: oh, when I yeah. got Chris
1: Dish after the game. But, but on the other, let me get, let me tell you the the thing about playing with Luke is, is we were, we, I had so much respect for Luke uh, from the, from the standpoint of being a teammate and, and what he meant to the game of hockey. We, we definitely, I played as hard against Luke as I did any other player. But but I knew the, the how to draw the line, so to speak, on on how hard I should play against them when I, when we did go in the corners and we were in a position that we maybe compromised where where you know you play them hard but you, you you know you be honest with them, and and I only had a few guys that I played against where I had that same mentality. And, you know, Gretz would have been one of them and a few other other players that I had a ton of respect for that. I made sure before the game I programmed myself. OK, be really disciplined when you're out there against those guys. And and uh, but but there was an incident we, when we played, we had a, there was a bunch of fights that game. Um, I think um, Nazarov got in a big one with with Potomsky. Put- was that right? yeah and we and it was a pretty big rivalry the kings and sharks at that time because Ah. we were both teams you were trying to get your your the organization going again you had gone through a couple tough years and we were trying to build and and that was a pretty big rivalry and and you know we had a few players start to come to our team from from the kings with kelly rudy with marty mcsorley and a a couple others and and Ditch gave me a it was the year after my head injury and Chris at the end of the game, we we were winning and, and I was trying to kill the clock in the corner. There's only a second left in the game and he jumped up and gave me an elbow right in the head. And we had been teammates the year before. And, and he was one of those teammates that I didn't really get to know real well. Uh, <laughs> he just is, is, is the, is the right way. It's, that's the right way to say it. Yeah, and, and, the right way, huh? and, and, and he, he, he caught me by surprise and drilled me in the head. And it was the year after my head injury. So I spun around, I jumped on top of him, and I gave him a couple pretty pretty nasty cross checks, and the game's over. And you guys didn't see it till you got on the bus to go to the airport. And you're looking at the game sheet on the way back, and and you were Blakey or Blake here, someone calls me up and what the heck did you do? You got a game misconduct, <laughs> and and I said, well, your buddy Kristich got me, and I had to, I had to let him know that I didn't like it, and uh, and I did, and I did get the game misconduct, but but. Uh, Um, So it it, it was pretty intense, but the respect factor, you know, when when I played you and Blakey and and quite a few of the other former teammates, it was, it was fun games.
2: Gary, like uh, Tony speaks really well, but, but he was hard to control. I can tell you one story. We're we're, (laughs) one year we're we're in Detroit. I'll never forget. And, uh, and we get, I, I, gosh, I can't remember who was our coach. It might've been Tom Webster. That was our coach. And, uh, and, and, and Gretz and the coach says, "Listen, whatever we do, like uh, Probert's been playing pretty well, but don't <laughs> wake him up. Let him just let him sleep. If he th- like, it, it might have been the year after he got like thirty or forty goals. So it was the year after he was struggling a little bit, you know. But he was still there. But they were like, they they knew he had been sleepy for two three games. So they're like." Let him sleep. Just let him play his little game. He's playing some shift with Eisenman, but he thinks he's a player. And I think Gretz even said that, you know, like, just leave him alone. Just let him be, you know. So I kid you not, we're the first shift. We just sang the anthem, and Tony's playing right wing, and Bob Perberg's on the left side. And literally, the game is starting for the opening face-up, and I think Gretz is the center against Eisenman. And we, we look over and next thing you know, Proberg is already punching Tony in the back of the head. We're like, what happened? Tony got to the face of him and put and and literally smashed his skate. I think his skate. no, your stick on top of his skate. He literally like, he banged it like he hurt him. You know? <laughs> so we have to have a talk. And I remember Greg's getting mad at Tony. We said, we gotta let him sleep. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I gave an excuse. He did something to me first. And I had to do it back. <laughs> I did some dumb things, Luke. I did, if I could have scored goals like you would, I wouldn't have had to do that stuff.
2: <laughs> I'll never forget that one. God, that was funny. <laughs> did you guys
0: talk on the ice when you were rivals with the Kings in San Jose? Did you exchange words, either friendly or otherwise?
1: Oh, and i'll jump i'll start first always friendly with luke and i'm being i'm being honest about that and, I, and there were only a few guys that i played against where i'd have the conversations where you kind of put your glove over your mouth so that your yeah. teammates couldn't you see it and you say hey luke how you doing buddy how's how's stace and the family doing yeah. uh, so 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 yeah and, and and you know my first game i i went back to l.a Uh, you know just right after we got traded so we had we had an opportunity to play against each other right away right out of the gate and you get that first one over with and and yeah you're competing like heck to beat him but you're also showing him the respect that you had for him as a teammate and as a friend
2: it wasn't like yeah no we always had like a quick talk and then just played our game that's right Me
1: and my brother-in-law, when, when Ray played for, for you guys, I got him really good once. He's actually, he, when, when he married Cammy, sorry, Ray, Ray Ferraro, when he was with the Kings and we played against them uh, he was a little crap man to play against. And, and he was kind of like me and I didn't want him to get the edge on me and being able to get one more slashing. So I got him once on the arm and, and he's given his wedding presentation to his wife and he can somehow I get into the the toast of, of his arm when he's lifting the glass up, this arm still hurts from your brother whacking me. And I said, Good, that means you felt it. I'm 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 glad I got you because <laughs> you probably deserved it, which he did. <laughs> Boy, for sure Ray did. For
2: sure Ray did. For sure Ray did always, yeah, For sure he always Thank did. You. Yeah. You <laughs> always had a line or something.
0: Yeah. We're talking about Ray Ferraro there, folks. Uh, the one thing I wanted to know, because both of you had the opportunities, you played on both coasts. You played in, with the Rangers, and original, I mean, really, the great history of hockey, and you both played for the Kings where you were trying to grow the league on the West Coast. What was that like playing in those two markets for each of you? Was there a real difference? Uh,
2: well, I – I. Um... I think when you play for any of the original six, it's very special. It's always going to be special. Those original 60, you know, they're, they're alumni different. They're, there's just something obviously playing for the Rangers. It was like a, a first class organization. And, and uh, we, you know, the two years I was there, you know, one year we had a, we had a good run, not, not great. Cause we didn't win at all, but you kind of feel the city. It's very special. It's a, it's you know it's it's something that uh, you know as a player to have an opportunity to play for one of the original six I, I think any player should always jump at that opportunity if if they can now that being said for us like Tony and I when we were with the Kings like I was there a little bit before Gretz but the Gretzky era in LA was something that no one's ever seen and I don't think anybody will ever see again I mean you know we played into an era where you know even though the the lakers were still good and the dodgers were good i mean la the, the hockey in la was everything it was it was absolutely incredible and for us i mean i was just a kid and i didn't realize how how the impact it had i mean we used to have a preseason where we would joke that we would do a tour where we would go and play every new possible market and, 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 you know, we, we went to, you know, to Tampa Bay and sold out whatever. It was the biggest crowd in the history of the game at the time. We go to Miami and then we sell out. We would go to Houston and we went to Texas and we went to Phoenix. And next thing you know, you know, there's like four or five or six new teams on, on those, those Southern Belt. And it had everything to do with Wayne. I mean, we're, we're pretty fortunate that we got to live through this kind of boom of hockey and we were part of it the way we went. It, it had everything to do with one guy, you know, selling that. To me, that's pretty special. I feel fortunate.
1: You know? I I agree. You know, Luke, when when um, you know when we went to LA the first time, I played the, the year before Wayne got there, and and you were there, and you know it was cool because it was LA, but it just seemed like a hockey game in a warm place. Yeah. And then when I got traded there you know less than a year later and I got off the plane and I started seeing King paraphernalia and Gretzky you know things and Robotai things and I mean and it's not it was it was definitely Wayne but the, the supporting yeah. cast that he had with him with with some personalities and some character you know with you and and uh, you know Dave Taylor was a thing Marty was a big thing Kelly Rudy was huge I mean, there were lots of great supporting casts. that it, it, I'm not going to say it made it easier in Wayne because he was certainly the one that that uh, uh, was the only one capable of, of making hockey such a big thing in all of those areas. But that run there and that ride there, um, I mean, you, it, you couldn't ask for anything better from from being part of something really special and watching it grow. And, you know, you guys as, as a management team and what you and, and Blakey and, and everybody else and the ownership that's done to keep that going has been, you know, really uh, fun for us to watch as alumni too. So. You know, I got back Luke – and, Luke and Blakey invited me back for a Stanley Cup game there a few years back when they won. And to see – and to listen to the fans that became hockey fans in that early 90s era, they could go back, Luke, and they could tell us our goals that we scored. Yeah, we, yeah. We're like, we did? Oh, yeah, man, it was an unbelievable goal. I said, really? Okay, cool. They remember all of that because that's where they they learned the game of hockey and became Hockey and King fans. And that's special for me when I come back there – to hear the people, you know, that, that were uh, introduced to the game of hockey by uh, a special team that was able to impact their, their lives and, and, and for the Kings to become a big part of, of, uh, uh, of what they wanted, uh, you know, as from a sports side of things. And I, and I think that's really remarkable on, on really the run that the Kings have had, cause it's, it's been uh, uh, a phenomenal organization. I went to a few organizations after, and I always look back you know, at the Kings organization. And remember for what it did for me, not only, you know, as a player when I was there, but what it's become and how it got there. And uh, to be part of that and, and have your name as an alumni of the LA Kings is, is really uh, special. It means a lot. I still, you know, have lots of Kings stuff in my offices at home, especially that uh, that bring back all the, the great memories from, from those years. And that, you know, you mentioned playing with, with, uh, I, I followed, Uh, I went to Pittsburgh and to LA. uh, Sorry, not to and to Detroit after Luke did, and Luke won the Cup in in Detroit. And I remember every time we'd walk out to the bench as a coach, the picture of on the wall. I I don't know how many times I sent you this picture. I take a picture of me and. Luke with the cup, I take a selfie, and I said, there you are again. Every time I walk to the bench, I give him a little tap.
2: When he went there, I specifically could call Ken Holland and ask him to yeah. put it right there so Tony could see it.
1: It was right there. I actually, when, the, when, the old, when that rink went down to Joe Lewis, I should have taken that picture and put it up in my office. I, I regret not doing that. It was, it was always great to have Luke looking over my shoulder.
0: So I'll give you a last word, believe it or not. We've, uh, we've taken your time here. Um, I I just, I wonder if the, is this kind of a relationship in the national hockey league where all of us who follow the game know, I mean, this is a tough sport. This thing gets some real, you talk about rivalries, both by teams and individuals, it gets real. Does this kind of a relationship reflect what a lot of players have? Do you think who have Played against each other and with one another, or is the thing that you two have a little above that?
2: Well, I'll I'll go you know before you, Tony. But for me, you know, you know, and I know you're there, Tony. So it's kind of weird, but Tony's a special person. You know, first of all, he's a great family man. He's, he's a very, very... Even though he played super hard every game and he was dirty, it, <laughs> it like, it's the kind of person he is. When you played with him, you just absolutely loved him as a person because he cared for everyone. He was aware of everyone in the room, you know? Like, uh, sometimes you play with some players, they're great players, but they're not aware of the way the team's mood is and so forth. He was caring for He was giving to people. To me... You know, that was important as a teammate. What I cherish the most is we've stayed friends, you know, and, uh, and we, you know, it does happen. You know, hockey is a great team game where you need your teammates to, to be successful. But, but definitely, I've I, I kind of put Tony in a different bracket as a person. You know, he's just one of those very special person. There are a lot in hockey like that. And, but, it, but it's fun to, 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 for me to call Tony a friend.
1: Well, I, I appreciate those kind of words, Luke. I think that, that one of the, uh, the great things about our game is, is, you know, lots of us came from the same way and, and the game of hockey brought us all together to have an opportunity to share some special time with, with people that are, are unique in, in ways, but also, uh, comparable in a lot of ways. And for me, you know, Luke was, was a guy that was a great example setter f- for me. I remember getting to, to LA and when you get to a new team, you're always nervous because, you know, I didn't, I knew Bob Kadolski. i met Bob he was the only player I knew on your team and, and you get off the plane. And, and fortunately I got treated with Thomas. So I had one guy with me that I knew, but it took me about one second when I met Luke to know that I had a special person there to kind of show me the way. So his his uh, leadership and his mentorship, his his work he did not only on the ice but in the community and and, and with people. I I went to a I told you I went to a playoff game uh, when they won their first cup, and Luke invited me in as a special guest, and we went down. We ate before the game, and and, the, and the, whatever room it is, I don't remember the name of the room down there, Luke. But but then we walked up to the stands, and I don't think you walk by one person without shaking. The fans' hands and thanking them, saying their name, and and I said, "That's Luke right there, and that's why uh, he is such a special person. and means so much to me and the people that were lucky enough to play him. Was that it? Didn't matter if you were the Zamboni driver or the popcorn the guy selling popcorn. Uh, Luke had time for you and made you feel special. And and you know, I want to be like that. I want to be a person that people respect for that. And Luke is the example setter for all of that." Uh, so, so the friendship is is deeper than just being former teammates. It's not just uh, yeah we hey we have to be on this call together and and talk about hockey. There's a, there's a special amount of respect and love that I think we have for one another for who we are and how we did it. And uh, to me, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay maybe even to pat yourself on the back about it because you know in the in the in the you know big picture of who we are as athletes you know we're people and we want to be good people and be known as good people and not just hockey players or good hockey players or or whatever and and so when when we are able to share stories and and whatever hopefully you know we're example setters for for younger kids and and you know i had idols stan makita is the one i looked to as and and he told me a lot of things i learned a lot from him and hopefully kids have learned from us i know luke has has, has certainly had an impact on everybody that he's touched and so that's what makes our game special here
2: Yeah, we're learn to win the lady being like him you went from being dirty like you <laughs> and didn't game you, why couldn't you do that <laughs> i didn't have it in my dna but <laughs>
0: Guys, uh, uh, just great. Thank you so much for sharing uh, both stories about what went on in the games and also about your own personal relationship because clearly it's it's deep and it's very real. And uh, Luke Robotai and Tony Granada, we really appreciate it. That is going to conclude another chapter of these sports rivals. I want to remind you that we are brought to you by Bet Online. Head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage. Of all the great sign-up bonuses, again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. And you can find our show at Believe.com or wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're listening on Apple, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show. You can learn about the show and other episodes, logging on to TheSportsRivals.com. Join the conversation with questions and suggestions for future shows, perhaps. You can also follow us on Instagram at TheSportsRivals, on Twitter at Rivals underscore podcast, and on Facebook by searching for The Sports Rivals Podcast. We thank you all for joining us. We especially thank Luke Robotaye and Tony Granado for a great discussion about rivalries that have turned into some great friendships. And remember, it is the rivalries that make the games.